Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to The Danger Room, the X-Men Comics Commentary Podcast. My name's Adam. My name is Jeremy. And we are here to discuss Extinction Agenda, part two and three. Keep us going through the flow in the New Mutants number 95 and X-Factor number 60 uh, on sale in the 90s. <laughs> I, think, I think they're both November of 1990. That's all you need Let's to know. See. Nothing else is really the all that important. September 11th of 1990. Oh. I don't know what the X-Factor one is. Newman's one's titled Shell Game. I guess when we get to the new X-Factor one, I'll, maybe I'll bring up the deets of that. Sure. You know, what I, you know what I noticed uh, for the first time ever is that the X in Extinction Agenda is the same X as the original X-Men X. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever noticed that before, but I am certainly noticing it now. Yeah. So, very true. Little Easter egg. Little. Just little, little Easter egg. They do bring that X back a couple times through the run. Like, I oh, think, sure. I feel like they brought it back for like an astonishing mm-hmm. X-Men, uh, like Age of Apocalypse tie-in thing. Oh, yeah, totally. Totally, totally. But this, I feel like this is the first... Um, call back to that X. I could be wrong, though. It was probably a what if or something like that. It's the first one we've noticed on the podcast. So. There you go. Yeah, so we get to cover New Mutants number 95, as you mentioned, and X-Factor whatever number that is, uh, parts two and three. And uh, for the most part, uh, there's some interesting things, I think, that occur in these issues, but I feel like by and large, it's it's sort of kind of re- rehashing and um, beating your head over items, uh, uh, some story elements that happened in uh, the X-Men issue. Um, they're, they're not as strong, in my opinion, as uh, X-Men 270. So it's an interesting sort of tie-in because it's a, it's a nine-part series, but the only things that really happen related to the X-Men are in the X-Men. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that happens if you're following along in New Mutants and X-Factor. You know, stuff happens to those two teams and their significant books, but there is there it it feel it doesn't feel like any cohesive storyline. It feels like X Men sets it up, New Mutants and X Factor happen, and then X Factor or X Men continues the story that X Men set up. I mean, we'll see if it continues that all the way all the way throughout, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, this also this particular issue here of New Mutants. Uh, it feels like Rob Liefeld like, was contractually obligated to participate in this story. He is phoning it in. It lists him as Rob Liefeld and co. I don't oh. know who and co is. They don't specify. That makes a lot of sense. I didn't even look at that, but I bet you uh, somebody else helped out with the art and... Maybe There's a couple he, places where it seems like it, yeah. Maybe particularly he, page one. Yeah, maybe he. Gra- yes, absolutely. Maybe he grabbed some of the splash pages, or like I only want to do X Men faces, and somebody else can do all of the Cameron Hodge stuff because <laughs> it all looks terrible. I feel like he does the Cameron Hodge face. Maybe, probably sometimes. <laughs> if he's responsible for what they're calling out as the body. Um, sad there's also a couple of shots of um wolfsbane kind of like leaping towards us actually there's multiple um panels of like characters reaching out towards us the viewer 
uh, and it just makes it look like they've got ginormous hands and arms. <laughs> to put it uh, bluntly, the art is inconsistent. Yes. Yeah. And now that you've hipped me to the fact that there is a code there, I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense because there's the art's super inconsistent. There's also a Joe Rubenstein and co inker. So there are multiple artists, multiple inkers on this issue. <laughs> Interesting. None of which are the usual Rob Liefeld. Like, doesn't he usually ink himself? Or uh, is that not true? I don't know. I, th- I think he usually has an inker. Okay. But, um, I wonder who it is. Is it Joe Rubenstein? I don't think so. Todd McFarlane inked him in the past. He has. I know that. But I, that's not um, his de facto inker, of course. Um, yeah, so this, this story starts out, and I think it, the first page, which does not feel like it's drawn by Rob Liefeld, I feel like starts out pretty good. Like you've got some good, uh, Louis Simonson, um, sort of setup of like, this is Genosha, Genosha's an island, it's just a rock, but, uh, then they, they tapped into a precious resource of super powered beings and they don't have names, they just have numbers and, and they create this sort of utopian society, and uh, sort of off in the distance as these folks are toiling on the hills, um, um, circuit breaker uh, pipeline brings some mutants into the Citadel. And uh, the mutants are like, oh, some new slaves. Oh, back to work. Yes, 9212 says to 985, none of our business. <laughs> Boss is watching. Get back to work. So I have questions about, so uh, let's talk about this double double page spread first, I guess. So it took me a minute to figure out what was happening here, but I, uh, I did eventually realize that this is a double page spread turned on its side. So it's a portrait, portrait double page spread. If you're reading it in the hardcover extinction agenda, that happens. Okay. I, I just have Marvel Unlimited open, um, but it is completely unnecessary because it's not good well no it's like a rob liefeld staple he loves doing these sideways kind of art pieces that this is not a particularly good one this i mean this is like it's uh so the main issue that i have with the life rob liefeld art in this or really it's not just like rob liefeld the main issue that i have with the art in this is the coloring Mm -hmm. is very flat Mm -hmm. and the backgrounds are non-existent which there is not a single background in this entire issue uh i'm gonna i think you're probably right i think you're probably right uh, um there's a lot of pinks and a lot of purples going on in the backgrounds as well the the thing is is like a, a nice two-page i always i always sort of feel that two-page spreads are are sort of unnecessary um, to begin with, no matter how good the artwork is, but in general, when you're looking at like a Jim Lee two-page spread or a Todd McFarlane two-page spread or even Rob Liefeld's better two-page spreads, there's usually a lot of detail happening, a lot of action, and somebody yeah. really tight in the foreground, and then a lot of good detail and action. And and you look at it for for two seconds, you you read the words, and then you flip to the next page, and you're like, darn, half my comic book is gone. But at least you can always go back and be like, that's a really cool spread. This it's is like poster art. It's yes. like di- dynamic action poses that you're like, wow, they really put some effort into this. This is it's three little little panels um, of pipeline bringing the mutants in. And then you've got a not dynamic pose of Cameron Hodge in 
what will not ultimately be his spider costume outfit thing with Boom Boom Richter and Storm and Wolfsbane, who starts out in her wolf form, but will then turn back to her human form and then back to her wolf form. Very inconsistent. That Um, feels like a mistake. Yeah. Uh, Sort of like hidden by shadows and tentacles because they're naked, which is a thing I want to talk about here in a minute as well. But nothing about this screams like, ooh, dynamics and like lots of heavy inking to emphasize, you know, dimension and shadowing and all that stuff. It's bad. So I I will say this. It looks better in the comic book form than it does on the iPad in Marvel Unlimited. Um, Trying to squish this thing into a single page of art doesn't quite, it it mutes it pretty hardcore. However, that said, I agree. It's not, it's definitely a waste of a two page. All right. I'm going to give you that. I I do now have Marvel Unlimited side by side with my hardbound uh, book. It, it looks better in the book, but I still stand by everything I said. (laughs) It's just like, it just kind of pops more in the book. It, it does. I think it's just, it's also, it's bigger in the book, but still like you think of some of the, the really nice two page spreads where. Agreed. It, it doesn't yeah. compare. Like, they, like I agree. It definitely shouldn't. This is a waste of a two page spread. Do you remember the first, at least what I remember is the first full page spread? Uh, the yep. only, the first one I remember, I think was John Byrne, Wolverine and the Savage Land. No, it no. was, it was the wheel of mutants. <laughs> Oh really? Do you remember it was a it was a it was a full page spread and they had basically all of the mutants at the time. So this is pre giant sized X Men number one on a wheel and the, it was like the 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 it's master like or the Avengers or something, right? Yeah, Avengers or Astonishing Tales or Hulk or something like that. It's it's the issues right before Captain America was like, oh, I'm um, I'm done because remember uh, what. Uh, Nixon was the leader of the secret society. Right. But he was really Hitler, wasn't he? I don't I don't think we ever covered that piece of the story, but I thought he I thought it was Hitler wearing a Nixon mask. It could have been. Very well could have been. Um, I can't remember. My point Banshee is he was there, wasn't he? Oh yeah. All the mutants. Any mutant the toad, blob, banshee, sunfire but was wasn't probably. Captain there? America like interacting with Banshee somehow and Banshee was still this was like in between Banshee's criminal and Maybe. Hero phase. Um, I remember Banshee being there. But uh, my point there is that um, that was at a time when you did not have like the dynamics of the artists that we're talking about. And in my opinion, that was a, a more deserved spread than this is. I'd agree. <laughs> Anyhow, um, so my question's about Pipeline. He is the guy that is able to transfer organic matter through the telephone is that what we came up with well that little computer there it looks like so pipeline is not a mutant he just knows how to work this this modem we've had this conversation at least once every time pipeline's been in a comic book i know we have it i still don't get (laughs) it uh no he is a mutant okay and i don't really understand what his mutant power is okay uh perhaps he can turn any computer into a pipeline who knows? Oh, yeah. Because remember, there was like a line of like, we need our phone call. They're like, oh, Pipeline's going to teleport them. Yeah. Yeah, or something like that. Okay. All right. So let's just say his mutant ability is to interact with any 
connected device to transfer organic matter. It's a weird power, but okay, let's go with that. Um, I think we've established that as people have been transferred through his powers, um, they lose their clothes, and that's fine. Yep. That was established in the first time we went to Genosha. But why then does Richter have a headband and a top knot, <laughs> and Storm also has a top knot? Um, <laughs> like, he... we will get panels of them being like, oh, they're, everybody's clothes is just laying around like they were zapped out of their clothes. Yeah, that's a that's a really good question. It's just one of those things you don't notice. I've never noticed it before now. It's like the first thing I noticed is like, well, wait, why does Richter have a headband? And it's not like, oops, somebody made a mistake and there's a headband. Like that headband and Storm's little topknot thing are featured heavily throughout. It's not even like, oh, it's a coloring issue. <laughs> like they are purposefully drawn hair tie-backing uh, accoutrement. So then you got to wonder, like, wait a minute, is Pipeline just a perv? <laughs> Are all the magistrates just pervs? They're like, oh, yeah, just, just beam them closed right off. The question I have is, like, if you have you have Pipeline and mm-hmm. you have the other guy who strips them of their powers, why doesn't Pipeline <laughs> put them into a situation where the guy who strips them of the powers can do that, like, immediately? He should be, like, waiting right there and be like, pop, you don't have no power. Pop, you have no power. Or said he's not even in the room. Or those two just go on a missions together and before they even collect the mutants, they're like, you have new powers and you're teleported to Genosha. I can see why they don't do that. I mean, they don't want to put their their one trick pony in yeah. the line of harm. It's fair enough. Yeah, and ultimately that's what happens here, right? So they're, they're like, where are we? Oh, we're drugged. And I guess so uh, they either got drugged uh, at the school, in Brout, or as they appeared here in Genosha, but they're drugged. Uh, so their senses are a little dulled. Um, Maybe the catchwebs were lined with uh, some sort of drug substance. Sure. Once it touched their flesh, put them under. Could be. Uh, and so we t- they talk a little bit about how, oh, r- r- rain is such a approved she doesn't want to be naked and rain's like oh man i'm naked i don't even care before we get into that <laughs> uh louise simonson was the writer oh. rob lifehill and co as we mentioned was the art i looked it up his usual inker is hillary barda mm. uh she uh, has been the inker since at least 91 that's as far back as i went uh joe rubenstein and co are the inkers joe rosen letterer brad van Catta, colorist bob harris editor tom Develco. Editor in chief, uh, and yeah, Warlock is on the ground um, with his mouth open. Yeah, he, he's drained of life force, and so Cameron Hodge shows up. Cameron is uh, in like this mech suit uh, that has feet. It will not have feet in X Factor. In fact, it seems confined to a single room in X Factor. But he here he's very portable and can move all around. It's very yeah. I mean yeah. <laughs> this this and X Factors are like miles apart. Does Warlock look like a comical blow-up doll? Uh, yeah, I like, guess. It reminds me of the uh, the blow-up doll in Airplane, yeah. the co-pilot. Yeah, yeah, kind of. 
His head's like like oblong, eyes are wide open, and, and the mouth is also wide open. It's not great. It's not great at all. It definitely conveys a sense of shock, I yeah. So they, uh, the X-Men... Richter recognizes Cameron Hodge as Cameron Hodge, Yep, which is good. Yep. So they spring into action because they do have their powers, uh, and the, the guy that takes away their powers, Whitewash, whatever his name is, he's not there. Wipeout. Guards, wipeout. signal Wipeout that it's safe to come in. I want him to remove their powers now. So he's just like waiting in the sidelines. Maybe they could have shackled them. Six, six, like, maybe the shackles disappeared too? Six pages in, uh, and they're like, get get Wipeout in here. That, that's that's a continuing problem with this issue. Things keep happening that takes for, take forever that should not take forever. Yeah. So basically, we actually, if we turn the pages, seven pages, uh, so six and a half pages for them to basically uh, start sort of trapped and naked and end trapped and naked. Um, <laughs> so whatever. A little bit of fight there. Uh, I feel like I might be blowing in here, but do we get the back, background of Cameron, why Cameron Hodge is here and why he's in a, a mech suit? Uh, we don't get the Archangel story yet. Okay, but is it in this issue? I think it's in this issue. Yeah, it is in this issue. Okay, well, well, I guess we'll hold out on that. So, meanwhile, at the former mansion, everybody's mad. Wait, 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 wait. Boom Boom is, I just want to point out that Boom Boom's being a real down, Debbie Downer in this issue because she keeps like, give me a break, Storm. Mm-hmm. That little gust of wind won't work. This is all your fault, Storm. If it hadn't been for you. And then she throws up a bomb. It's up to me, as usual, to get us out of this. It's like, who does she think she is? She's just an angry. She's just very angry in this issue. Uncharacteristic of her, I feel. Yeah. Well, and uh, what I was going to talk about here is uh, sort of the continuation of everybody blaming Storm for all their problems, which is a continuing thread, right? The New Mutants are like, oh, look at us. We're captured because of what the X-Men did to the Genotians. Oh, the X-Men keep coming back to life. But... Doug won't come back to life. Right. Oh, we're all trapped because Storm bolted up the hatch. And then Cable continues and be like, oh, that's Storm. I couldn't save my charges because she she uh, welded the door shut. And everyone's like, come on. She probably had a reason. Let's <laughs> not jump to conclusions here. I love how so Gambit Richter, speaks. Richter does at some point start to use his powers and that's when uh cameron hodge says hey wipe out stop doing nothing and give rid of their powers so i don't understand like what does he just need to be in the room how close does he need to be you would think that it, you know if they had a, a, a well-oiled organization th- there would be the pipeline room which would be sort of an empty right room with like one door that's locked and then a but like a story above them in a one-way mirror would be Wipeout, who would be like, there they are, boom, no powers. Okay, right. take them to their cells. That would be effective. <laughs> but the way that they're doing this just leads to so many questions of, like, why aren't they doing something like that? How does it exactly work? Why does he need to be in a separate room? How close does he need to be in order to affect their powers? When we get to the end of the X-Factor issue, uh, I will give you my uh, speculation as to why all these events have happened. Okay. <laughs> we get a note that Richter was Hodge's hostage when Hodge ran the right organization, which is nice. Mm-hmm. That goes way back. Um, uh, 
as Hodge, Hodge also says that that you're going to stand on trial for the crimes of the X-Men from the previous uh, appearance of the X-Men in Genosha, just sort of setting up what this whole thing is about. Yeah. So as the the remaining X-Men and, and New Mutants are um, looking at the the welded hatch. Remember, the hatch is like a very important character. They keep bringing back the hatch. Yeah. You get some really great dialogue from um, uh, Gambit, who says... I feel like, like Louise Simonson just does not have Gambit's voice, and so she's just writing him as plainly as humanly possible. I, I disagree. Like, she doesn't have the voice. I'll give you that. But I, I don't think it's plain. This one word balloon sort of summarizes... Well, you read it the way that you think it's going to be, and I'll read it the way that I think it's going to be. <laughs> What care I for the others whom I hardly know? It is the fate of my partner that matters as your students concern you. So you just took all the emotion out of that word balloon, which is exactly how I feel it is, too. I, I, I don't need even need to do a secondary because I feel <laughs> exactly the same way. Missing, but where can she have gone? Who has taken her? I think it's the what care I for the others whom <laughs> I hardly know. <laughs> What care I for the others whom I yeah. hardly know? It is the fate of my partner that matters as your students concern you. Yeah, it's 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 not great. <laughs> um, and what of those on the surface cable? What of Storm? Yeah, there's there's also some weird pacing issues here is, uh, where it's it's difficult to tell where some of these word balloons go. Like it took me a while to figure out this exchange between Cable and Gambit because... Gambit's on the left-hand side of the page. Cable's on the next panel on the right-hand side of the page, but in the middle. But yet their their dialogue goes back and forth. Um, and I got sort of confused as to, like, where... How am I supposed to... Do I read, like, left to right and then go down to that next panel? I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> um, when we disentangled ourselves from Stevie and tried the hatch, which your partner had slammed shut a second time... It was fused shut. Mm-hmm. That's important. So Stevie yeah. does come up, and there's I feel like there's some um, sort of pacing problems here as well. She shuts down Roberto from some of these. One, one moment, Roberto. I'll help you search. And then immediately anyway, says, i got to talk to Cable. Yeah. <laughs> I reached out to X Factor. I called them. They're on their way. I was like, well, that's sort of unnecessary dialogue, but okay. I don't know why she needs to tell that to Cable. She could just see the, just tell everybody. Right. Instead of this whole one moment Roberto, I don't know. This, now I'm just nitpicking. Yeah, yeah. Because it's very nitpicky. So, I like how she emerges from the hatch, though. Yeah. It's like she's rising up. <laughs> so it's very creepy. The New Mutants back in Genosha, they are with Warlock. Warlock is dying, and they have they very... have uh, they have skin suits now. Yeah, but they're not fused to them. They're just they're they're in the preparation state of having them fused to them. In fact, the new mutants probably don't even know that they are to be fused to them. Um, Warlock's laying on the ground and he's like, I'm dying. And uh, we spend quite a while sort of having a long discussion about everybody saying like, you can have some of our life force. We're here to help. And this is another thing. It's like, how long does this take? Cause like, just freaking do it. Yeah. It is literally like, you can see the hands like, reaching so slowly over to Warlock as they keep talking and talking and talking word about it. Word balloon after word balloon. There's a, there's a panel that is, it's like 19 word balloons and like 
a really terrible drawing. And then finally, you see the hands just about to touch. And Cameron Hodge shows up mysteriously from, you're right, a, a backgroundless uh, wall. And is like, don't do that. It's revealed that he phases through the wall. It's, but that's it's, quickly retconned. It's, I mean, quickly changed. Okay. They all well, think that he faced through the wall, but then there's more dialogue that it's like, oh, the bars are force fields. That's how Cameron well, got through them. That's true. Which yeah. is like, why okay. Why are we doing this? <laughs> I, I think Louis Simons is just trying to keep up with Rob Lightfield. I think you're right, right? Because then there's a lot of word balloons to sort of explain, like, what's happening. Close-up eyes, close-up heads. Oh, chaos is breaking Lou. And for some reason, Richter's arms, he looks like Mr. Fantastic there. (laughs) (laughs) It's supposed to be a tender moment with Warlock where it's like, hey, we really love you, Warlock. And we really want to give you we want to help you out. And Warlock's like, oh, that's so sweet of you guys. I've never had such nice friends. And you're just like, do it. And then Cameron Hodge shows up and is like, stop. And they all stop for some reason. It's like, how long does it take? Just grab him. Let him absorb your power. But so, I'm sure I'm sure in movie terms this all happens much more fluidly. Sure. Makes like he he doesn't just say stop, he runs in and grabs everybody, pulls them apart. Which he does. He's got these tentacle things that he's yanking everybody apart and he's got Rain wrapped up and Richter's all like, I care about you, Rain. You let her go, you monster. Um this is the first time I feel like <clears throat> excuse me, we get a a close up of Cameron Hodge's head in which like there's some red stuff coming out of his nose. And at first I was like, oh, does he, did he get punched and he's got a bloody nose and I'm going back? I'm like, no, I don't see him getting hit in the face. And in X Factor, you get a lot more detail of like, there's 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 um, cables and, and wires and tubes and stuff going like all around his head and including one in his nose. But as I flipped back into this issue, I'm like, there's no establishing shot of like, there, what is Cameron there, Hodge supposed to look like? There is. I don't sort of. think so, Adam. So if you go back to every shot, that that tube coming out of his nose is there. It, yeah, it's but, like a muted purple color, though. But the problem is it mostly looks like a shadow. It's colored black, so yeah. you, can't, you don't actually realize it's there until they color it red. But it is, it is consistently there. It's just consistently hidden until now. This is the first time you get like a distinctly different color on his face. And I was There's like, definition oh. where there isn't, hasn't been definition yeah. before. Oh, he's got a bloody nose. Wait, he doesn't have a bloody nose. What's going on here? So but we do get, we do get the backstory. So he <laughs> says, I made a bargain with the demon Nastir that I would not die. And when your teammate, Archangel to cut off my head with his razor sharp wings, my head still lived. My cybernetics ex- experts constructed this powerful mechanical body for me. Very strong, very deadly but not very beautiful. But now I'm going to steal Warlock's powers, so I'll be able to shape change at will. Yeah. Which is okay. That's a fine plan, I guess. And Um, again, I'm not just going to do it. I'm just going to delay. Oh, my gosh. And it's going to take so long for this this process to happen. Um, At least he freed Rain, they say, as he leaves. But then Richter says he phased out through our cell well, it's just like he phased in. I sure wish we could do that. Yeah. So does, uh, and, and I also, the creature is mad. Um, well, I boom, boom, and I just wish we weren't here. Yeah, this is your fault, Storm. Did we see Cameron Hodge make a deal with Nastir? I don't remember that. Yeah, we did. Okay. I don't know if it was explicit that that's what the deal was, but it, it works. It, well, it I was, believe that it's all I remember. I remember stuff, enough but... of it that I'm like, okay. 
Sure. I remember enough of it that I'm like, this is plausible. I just don't remember it. <laughs> uh, I so, don't remember what the exact terms of the deal were, but whatever. It's, it, it's maybe it's Redcon, maybe it's not. I don't, yeah. Uh, so we, we get an interlude that, that's going to turn into a scene where Gene Engineer is hanging out with his son. Oh, who, this is just a dupe. This but, is not his son. Oh, it's not? Yeah, they don't have a son. His, okay. his son is still with his, Jenny Ransom. Yeah, they're still in the States. Okay. That's the whole reason this thing is happening because they, they fled. There's a bit of dialogue at the end of X Factor that made me think that this guy was his son. But okay. I'll take your word for Get it. To that. Well, this guy talks about, I want to remember my mother, my dad. They uh, love me. Okay. I don't want to forget. But you're going to shave my head. I'll have a number on my forehead. Mm-hmm. I'll be bonded forever to a mutate suit. My friends, my family will see. Well, we'll ship you as far away from possible. And most people ignore mutates. So don't worry about it. <laughs> that was all basically exposition dump number one for the audience, but also for Warlock to be able to hear it because what's going to happen now is Cameron Hodge shows up very portable, by the way, he's very portable. And he's like, here's Warlock. I want you to use your gene engineer skills so that I can have his powers or something. And, gene- and he even says it in like a total dickish way. I have a plan, you hypocrite of benefit to no one but myself, but you alone are the, the expertise I need to assist me. It's like, why would you say it that way? There, there is a lot of Cameron Hodge. I'm sure we'll figure it out at some point, but you're, you're you see here and you're like, why is he, why are the Genosians working with this guy? <laughs> really? Like everything he does is like, I'm doing this for me and nobody else but me. And I'm evil. He's a cartoonish, uh, mustache twirling villain in this issue. There's no yeah. personality. And you're like, I don't know what his motivation is other than he probably wants to get revenge on Angel. He just wants to get revenge on everybody. That's true. He, he will say at some point, like, I'm going to kill all the mutants. It's like all the, all the X-Men, all of X-Factor. I think he points out Storm specifically. The new mutants are uh, just because they're with Storm, they're going to stand trial for the X-Men's crimes. Oh, that reminds me. Earlier in the issue, we, 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 we skipped over this, where Storm starts using her powers. Uh, Cameron Hodge is like, adult Storm would have definitely been able to do something, but not young Storm. And we know that it's you because of your identity scan, which means that all of the invisible two machines, I think, are completely out the window at this point. Well, I mean, these aren't cameras. These, these were bio scans. So maybe they have like some sort of... You know, I, I we don't know the limitations. We we know that they they can't show up on cameras. We know they can't show up on screens. But what does that what does that include for bio scans? I don't like know. if you if you if you do like a a test tube blood sample. I think a blood sample would be up? fine. I think like an organic process, like checking a pulse, checking. That's what your, I think a bio scan is. I think they did some sort of okay. some sort of cellular thing to determine that this is in fact storm. I'm giving them. The benefit of the doubt on that one. Fair enough, Adam. Fair enough. I, I got to give them something. So meanwhile, Gene Engineer and uh, Cameron Hodge are arguing and Warlock um, makes – he escapes. He's like, oh my god, they're, I got to – They're barely arguing. They they pretty much stop arguing by the time that Warlock uh, has decided to escape because they pretty much ran out of dialogue. <laughs> yeah. So meanwhile in the cell, Storm is saying like, oh, I feel like one of the magistrates was Havoc. And we can't get out of these bars. What are we going to do? 
I guess that's why you got us captured, so you could come after one of your precious long ex- lost X-Men. Mm-hmm. What do you mean, got you captured? In shutting the hatch on half of our major firepower, including Cable, mm-hmm. you royally screwed up our chance for escape and practically handed us to the bad guys in ribbons. It was a gamble. She should have said gambit. <laughs> a calculated risk. What were you gambling on? On the others, saving us. That's dumb. I know. I don't know. Give Sur- me a break, Storm. They don't even know where we are. Su- surprise nobody said. But but Doug's but Doug's dead and he's never coming back. I think that's coming up. <laughs> if it hasn't happened already. It's definitely it definitely was mentioned at some point. So Richter gives us a little bit more about oh it's Cameron Hodge, I was so afraid of him. He tortured me, he wanted me to blow up San Francisco, but Archangel killed him and for a moment I had peace. But now I'm scared. And that's when Warlock shows up and he's like, I am here, sell friends. Gene Junior's going to do all this stuff to you. Oh, that's where uh, Rain last mentioned Doug is when they were when they were all gathered around his body and they were going to give him energy. He was like, I don't I don't know if I give you life energy. Some of my trans mode virus might pass to you like it did to Doug. And Rain was like, but Doug's dead. Mm -hmm. In case you couldn't remember. So now. Warlock is like, all right, here's the plan. I'm going to touch these bars, short circuit it. It's probably going to kill me or desperately weaken me, but it's the only way, run. And Storm's like, yep, let's do it. It's the only choice we got. I love how these, in this panel where Warlock is grabbing the bars, they're wide enough that Boom Boom could slip through them. <laughs> That's true. Uh, so he does that, and now he's he's very weak. Nobody can carry him. He can't move on his own. So they just kind of like set him down, like, okay, well, we're gonna go. We'll be back. Well, for no, you. Boom Boom does say, uh, let me let me give you some energy so that you can you can move. And and the Warlock's like, no, there's no time. You gotta hurry. Which is and, which is probably the right thing to say. Uh, how long does it take? I need to know these things. Based like, on is it a full five minutes. <laughs> ba- well, you know, it's like it's like a, it's like a life meter uh, in um, Zelda Two. Like you didn't just instantly get that heart refilled. Like it had to like wind up. All right, but look at the situation here. You got these four kids who have no powers anymore. You have Warlock, who uh, has all the powers in the world. If we can just get him back up to full strength, I think it's worth the wait. That's true. Even if you made the new mutants and Storm like super, super, super weak uh, and uh, Warlock could turn into a tank, it would probably be worth the exchange. Yeah. And not only that, but they're like dragging him along with them at first. Mm-hmm. So he could be absorbing their power while they're <laughs> while doing they're that. Him. That's a good point. So look, it's not they really could be both moving and escaping. You know, it's 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 not really that well written. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, you hit the nail on the head there. <laughs> so Alex shows up and he says, the mutants have escaped, Commander, uh, but they've abandoned their am- alien comrade. Cameron Hodge says, after them, Havoc. So Cameron Hodge knows who this guy is, and we'll find out a little later that he Alex thinks that he was born here in Genosha. And I'm going to spoil a little bit. I think we learned that you know this is this is where he ended up after the Siege Perilous, which is pretty obvious. But I'm really curious, and I'm, I want us to like keep an eye out for this, of like what the backstory is of the Siege Perilous transfer. Uh, and is Cameron Hodge, how is Cameron Hodge playing off of this? Because wouldn't he also be like, well, that's weird. He's, we, he's one of the X-Men. What's he doing here? 
Is that the last time we saw Alex? Was he mm-hmm. went through the Siege Perilous? 270 okay. is like the return. Like Rogue returned to do the Ms. Marvel thing. Dazzler returned to do her movie thing. This is uh, Havoc returning for the first time. Mm. Okay. I thought for some reason we hadn't seen Havoc since oh, a while back. Siege Perilous, okay. buddy. It was a while All back. Right. All right. Um, I, I'm, I'm stuck with like when he was on the 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 sides of the the lady that was at the savage land oh yeah zaladane even farther back when he was like spying on zaladane or whatever uh so yeah i guess i guess something must have happened after that so meanwhile back at the mansion grounds x-factor shows up uh and they're like all right what's x-factor they're here what's the scoop and captain obvious (laughs) and uh cable immediately is like look There was a hatch, and Storm melted it. <laughs> she's she's not a good person. She trapped my students. And Scott's the first one to be like, wow, that looks like a plasma blast like my brother Alex wields. Weird. Yeah. Hmm. Or used to wield before he disappeared, which makes me wonder, uh, what, does Al- or what does Scott mean by Alex disappearing? Because the last time I feel like Scott would have seen Alex would have been the Inferno thing. So... So Scott last saw Alex when he supposedly died going into Inferno or saving the day for Inferno. But since then, Gene and everybody is sort of kind of pseudo aware that some of the X-Men are alive. So I I guess I could accept that Cyclops just doesn't know where Alex is. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So I bet you that uh, would they know about the Siege Perilous? No, they just know that. The X Factor, X, the X Men died saving the world. It, well, from but, Fall of the Mutants, but not an Inferno. At the end of Inferno, they're like, "Yeah, keep our secret. You know, we want to be able to strike from the shadows and whatnot, but we'll we'll catch up." You know, and then they went their separate ways. But then, didn't Alex team up with Madeline at that point? She did, but I guess I don't recall the. No, because they all, they all uh, at the end of Inferno, there was like Jean and and Madeline had like this like psychic battle and then there was like psychic elements and then alex was like oh i'm so sad that you guys treated her so poorly so when did alex disappear well i think he's referring to alex disappearing in the siege perilous but i don't think there's any way that scott would have known as far as he should be aware those x-men should be wherever they hid after inferno Hmm. okay that's confusing yeah but anyways it's a minor minor thing minor nitpick uh, Kynumball shows up unasked and says, it was your ship forwarding a call from Val Cooper. It's like, did nobody, re- like he's saying something that nobody reacts to. It's very confusing. Nobody asked. <laughs> like, like that should be, Hey, I just got a thing. You're, uh, I just heard a noise and it turned out to be, it was your ship forwarding a call from right. Bill Kilber, the secretary in charge of mutant affairs to make an announcement about the trial and execution of some captive mutants. Right. Meanwhile, in the Citadel, uh, Rain and Richter are, are running, and Richter's plan is we got to split up, which is probably not a terrible idea, right? So they don't all get caught. Maybe one of them can get saved. Uh, and she's like, oh, uh, I don't want to split up or whatever. Well, she does want to split up because she has an ulterior motive to splitting up. Yeah. But- and, he, and he even says, it's like, don't go back to Warlock. I won't. They kiss, and she immediately is like, I love Doug, but I like you now. I'm going to go back for Warlock. 
he never made me feel like this. So wonderful that it must somehow be wrong. Mm, poor Rain. Well, you know, Richter's, I guess, cuter than Doug. So this, uh, is a real, this, is a, this is a real kiss, too. Oh, yeah. This, this might be her first real real kiss. Did she ever kiss Doug? I don't remember. I don't think so. So she, as she's running down the hall, she hears uh, Warlock scream. She hears Hodge's voice. So she she decides to derail her plan and, and attack in a she loves rick she's decided she's all in yeah so she jumps in on these magistrates she's like well i don't have any powers but i've got my training cable trained me here i go and she she's kicking people and punching people and uh cameron hodge is taking away warlock's powers but rain is able to uh break the connection i don't really know what happens here but what ends up happening is the the connection is the bond is broken and Warlock dies and Hodge does not get Warlock's powers. Hodge's tentacle already resembles a hand. Locke's life energy is flowing through those tubes, transforming Hodge with his power. Now, Soon Hodge will win and Warlock will die unless, and then we get a sound effect. <sighs> rip, and that's, that's the only indication we get that something has happened. A off-screen sound effect. You don't see the tentacle already resembles a hand there's i would argue there's no tentacles in this page at all there are some like (laughs) spiky like spider leg looking things i guess those could be tentacles Uh, and then the cables that connect them i don't see any cables it even the rip is poorly positioned so that it seems like it's in the panel that isn't is like two panels later essentially so, or maybe one panel later. I can't tell the order of these panels anymore. I feel like whoever drew this, and I don't think it was Rob Liefeld, kind of looking at this artwork, drew this this arm, this spider leg, whatever, knocking um, Wolfsbane aside. And um, I think this was Rob Liefeld. I think I think it was very sketchy, Rob Liefeld, very quickly drawn. Like he composed the shots and put them all down. And then somebody else inked them to the point where it doesn't really resemble. He was like, he's like, these, these, these are my ideas. So if you could just take these and, you know, like really kind of like flesh them out. And they're like, no, these are fine. <laughs> um, so then I think Louis Simonson came along and was like, I, I don't know what the hell's like. Well, let's make that tentacle the thing that was hooked up. We'll put the rip right on there. Totally obvious. <laughs> I don't know. Because she thought she, conf- she like was under the illusion that it was obvious but no i'm kidding i'm just working with what i can i think she's just scanning this page being like i don't know how we get from panel one to the last panel yeah uh, and have it any of it make any sense but um this isn't what i told him to do (laughs) so he turns into some warlock dust and yeah warlock warlock is dead warlock is dead and the uh the news shows an article of um Genotians have captured mutants. Some of the mutants have escaped, and and one of them, Warlock, was killed when he was trying to escape. So the world now knows that uh, the Genotians have mutants, and one of them died trying to do an escape. Forge is like got to go to them. We get back to get them back now before they're that these madmen carry out their plan. Does it say anything about Cameron Hodge? No, nothing yet. So nope. they don't know. Forge says the president wants to see us, uh, and so that's it. They're they're off to off to the pages of X Factor, and we do, in fact, at the end of this issue, it says Warlock is dead, Rain is captive, Richter, Boom Boom, and the Storm are lost in the Citadel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Does the president want to help us or stop us? 
So then we move on. Yep. To I, I, you know, quick commentary. Uh, what a sad way for Warlock to die. They, they should have. He's like such a cool guy that you know it just feels like what a waste. And if you read this issue, you're like, oh well. By the time Extinction Agenda's over, they'll these dust particles will like rematerialize into Warlock and. If I recall correctly, like Warlock's done, at least for a while anyways, right? Yeah, he, he, uh, I mean, my always felt that Rob Liefeld just didn't feel like drawing him. He's like, this guy's weird. I don't like him. I have to, I have to, I have to say, I have no proof of that whatsoever. It was always just my, I don't know where I got that idea from. I wonder if X-Force is like on the horizon and, uh, Rob Liefeld's like, well, I want to get rid of some of these people and bring in some of my own people. Probably. I mean, he's probably got, they're probably that this far out ahead. Although then again, they probably by the time this got published, they were that far ahead to know about X-Force. But by the time they were writing this, who knows? Cause that's like, everything's a couple months staggered. I don't know. It's a good question. Yeah. And the, I guess the worst part of his death is that it's not like he, he sacrificed himself. And because of that sacrifice, you know, that new mutants were able to free, save themselves or he, he just dies. And like the, the redemption that, or the, like that's the intention. The impact is that he died not giving Cameron Hodges powers. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like all you can take away from it. Uh, he, he rescued everybody. So that was good. Yeah, I suppose he, he at least bought everybody time except for rain who's captured. Which is, you know, she went back and it just makes the whole thing furious because why didn't they just stay in the first place? Right. It, it was the whole thing is sort of pointless. Um, this issue was convoluted and annoying. <laughs> um, X Factor number 60 is better. Uh, September 25th of 1990 and Brotherhood is the title. Looked it up. Oh, yeah. I'm on the ball. Louise Simonson writes this. And this is how you know she's not a bad writer, because if you read that last issue, you'd be like, who is this awful writer? <laughs> I think when she's got the pages and the layouts, um, you know, she, she can write. A, well, we know this, right? Because we've been reading yeah. Louise Simonson for quite a while here. Um, John Bogdanova is the penciler who does, I think, a pretty good job with Alan Milgram on the inks. Joe Rosen's letter. Glennis Oliver's the colorist. Bob Harris is the editor and Tom DeFalco is the editor in chief. Cover's pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah. <laughs> there are two key men fighting and not a lot of else going on. The, the interesting thing about the art and... in this book is that it it goes back and forth between what I feel is like classic Silver Age comic book drawings. Which I dig. Yeah, I dig that as well. You get some, like, there's some pictures of Cable where you like you're like, this is like phoned in gi joe art um, which i dig <laughs> and then you get like some like muscle bound like like i don't know muscle bound art the muscle bound stuff can work but it just doesn't work it doesn't work on this cover because the lines are too thick and none of these i don't know if you have established characters they can't all of a sudden be muscle bound right there was a run i think it was jonathan hickman's run of fantastic four where all of a sudden Mr. Fantastic is muscle bound and I forget who the artist was, but it was hard to read because it was just like, no, just no. <laughs> He's, I mean, you can argue that his powers make, give him the ability to do that, 
but it's a little out no. of character. He doesn't doesn't seem yeah, like just, something just he feels would do. Wrong. Yeah, it's weird. So this one starts out with some interesting things. We we meet the prime minister of Genosha, who looks like Lady Ronald Reagan, and I don't know <laughs> if that's on purpose or not. Yeah, I I don't know either. But yeah, you're right. And it's it's the hair. Like she's she's got Ronald Reagan sort of um uh uh embellished cart- cartoon hair. Like it's it's that big poof that you would see in a like a political cartoon. Uh she's got a stripe through her hair. Yep, yep. And then Cameron Hodge now, like I dig this Cameron Hodge. Like he is a head hooked up to this series of tubes. There's wires coming to his nose and to his eyebrows and into the sides of his head. And it's all attached to this contraption that seems like it's attached to the ceiling. And then it's got like these two arms with, with those spider web tentacles, I guess, but I would call them more like insect like legs. And I dig this. Cause it's like, here's, this is, this is a freaky thing that we're looking at. Um, and doesn't There's seem to some just weird stuff going on with like the pin that's keeping his eyelid and his mouth together for some reason. Why is he wearing a pair of glasses where one of the lenses is broken? Yeah. Well, if he is augmented like this, like why does he have glasses anyway? And like, this is not in the, in the last issue. It was, it was just like a human head put onto this robotic body. This is like a cyborg head put onto like a, a different robots body. Yeah. Uh, and I dig this. I, I do dig like this whole design and everything. Doesn't really make sense with anything we've seen so far. And then the other thing I dig is like he's got a cardboard cutout of a suited body that's like tied around the neck. It's just kind of hanging there, which is pretty funny. And, and when he like zips around to talk to the prime minister, like this cardboard cutout kind of follows behind. And even here, like he's being like, I'm so selfish <laughs> and evil. And the prime minister's like, man, we shouldn't have killed that robot. <laughs> like that's probably not good press for us. Yeah. So they have a little argument. Gene Engineer comes in and now he's taking like, he's like, I don't know. He like, he's yelling at people and stuff. Whereas in the last issue, um, Cameron Hodge was like threatening his life and they were arguing and stuff. I can't really figure out what his power situation is throughout these issues. Yeah. And I think they point out like, you're not in charge. We need yeah. you, but you're not the leader. Do we know why they need him yet? Is that established in this issue? Well, or has it not been established yet? Why they need Ginger? No, why they need uh, oh, Cameron Hodge. No, I have no idea why Cameron Hodge is here. Okay. <laughs> None of that is. It's, it, she says here, monster or not, we need his. We need him, Ginger, as much as he needs us. And that's it. Okay, so we don't have an explanation for why yet. So hopefully Chris Claremont will get on that. I'm sure that'll be revealed in, in in the pages of the x-men so yeah they they uh we, we lots of recapping here of like the mutants are bad and we killed um warlock your thing that you mentioned uh earlier about the editor at the the news station of get tilby and they're like she's going to india and we get the after 270 but before new mutants sort of in between pages she's unavailable here's uh, another thing she the prime minister says uh, one of our mutates has already been stolen, mm-hmm. aided, I might add, to, by your traitor son, and has been taken refuge in America. So they're still there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. And so then there's some footage of the um, 
new mutants getting captured uh, and and taken around with next. So it's it's not really great PR. And so this editor's guy is like, find out who they are, find out their parents, let's get everything about them, let's let's spin this story as much as we can. She got Brett Blevins to draw this issue. Heck yeah. So X Factor, the rest of the mutants basically head off to Washington. Um, and Cable continues to talk about Storm. <laughs> By slamming the hatch, the hatch to the <laughs> X Mansion, locking the rest of us inside, Storms sealed the New Mutants' fate. And so they're in this like, like, like hover car, and Cable's just got like his he, he's leaning forward. He's got his hands or his, his his chin resting in his hands, and he's just sulking about oh the storm and the hatch. I can't believe this happened. Oh, that hatch. <laughs> Storm. I just can't get over that hatch. Both Storm and Cy- or Storm mostly is like, she probably had a reason. Let's go figure out what's happening. And when we rescue her, I'm yeah. sure we'll understand. And uh, I can't believe this happened. This, this would be the first appearance of this whole family together, by the way, Adam. Cable, Cyclops, Jean. Spoilers. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, off they go to meet Val Cooper, who is Mystique at this point. We don't know. Okay. I, we're, we're, we have to assume that this is Mystique, yes. Because the last time we saw them, like the news said that Val Cooper was... Didn't the news say that Val Cooper died or she had an uh, attempt on her life? Or? I think attempt on her life. Okay. But somebody showed up to kill Mystique, right? Mystique showed up to kill Val Cooper. Oh. Or was it Val Cooper that showed up to kill Mystique? <laughs> no, it was Val Cooper possessed by the Shadow King who showed up to kill Mystique. And she fired a gun. Yes. Okay. And, and then, then there caught. was a news thing that said Mystique is dead. Val Cooper, Val Cooper had something to do with it. Right. So it's not weird that Val Cooper is alive. So we're assuming that Val Cooper is Mystique because, well, you don't kill off Mystique. Yeah, because comics. Off panel. Right. Um, so, yeah. So she, she brings uh, them all in. Um, Cable points out as they arrive at the base that yeah. there's their supposedly secret base. I know it well. I escaped from here not long ago. <laughs> There's our welcome wagon, whom I've had uh, plenty of dealings with. Not always pleasant. What's with you, Cable? Don't you get along with anybody? <laughs> and so I'm wondering here, as as they land the plane and they all get out, Cable is not drawn in here. So I'm like, oh, Cable's going to hang out in the car, the flying thing, because he doesn't want to deal with the government. But then later, Cable's totally there like, the hatch. Yeah, he was probably complaining about the hatch. Takes me a while to get out of this plane because I'm complaining about the hatch. <laughs> so this other uh, freaky-looking dude, Sam Nelson. Yeah, he's super weird <laughs> I think this is like Vision or something. <laughs> I am a newscaster. I swear. <laughs> or the Watcher. I don't know. With a with a toupee. It's it's really weird. Um, Expector he- has refused commenting on the kidnapping. ABC ARC has learned that the two of the citizens were Americans and another is a Scots. How do you, is it just a Scots? Is that, is that the proper pronunciation or, or nomenclature? I don't know. Maybe whoever wrote this was going to, but obviously that's not correct. Right. Maybe they're going to say Scotsman, but they're like, well, I don't know. First (laughs) of all, she's a, she's a woman and I don't Scots dot, dot, dot moving on. That's what I would do. (laughs) Just say like another one's Scottish. Yeah. Um, anyhow, Scotslander. They, 
Um, Suns or Cannonball keeps asking Sunspot why he's looking at the screen, but as far as I can tell, nobody's looking at any screens. There's like a TV screen above the mansion mm. that is showing the New Mutants as, as prisoners. Yeah, back at back at the uh, the mansion. And they talk. As they're loading up a ship, I guess, for some reason. I don't know what they're loading up here, but they're talking about like, oh, they killed Warlock. And, you know, they're like, well, you know, the X-Men were dead and they came back. And then Cannonball gets all angry. He's like, yeah, but Doug's dead and he stayed dead. It's not fair. We should have been on the surface. If only that hatch was open. I do want to point out that Gambit is there. He is. He did have a couple. Yeah, we talked about his his dialogue at length in the last issue, but I don't think he says he's, anything in this issue either. No, he doesn't. I, I I don't know if he's he's in the corner of this panel on this page, but I don't know if he's anywhere else in this issue. Yeah, apparently, nobody knows how to write uh, uh, Gambit he's yet. Practically off panel, he's just there. And then, so this these some of these panels, I feel like have like a, a sort of a classic. Uh, art style to him. even the next when they're they're interviewing boom boom's dad and he's like that girl's a tramp i'm glad yeah. that they got her that's all good but then we flip over to uh cannonball and sunspot and i can't say mm, that it's so- bad art but it's it's very cartoony <laughs> it's a little weird and i don't know like cannonball was just angry like just hammering his hands on the the plane and now he's got like an oh gosh everything worked out didn't it sunspot kind of look on his face after hearing like this, this horrible man talk about his daughter and how maybe those Genosians will teach some respect. It's so out of place. Can we cast Bruce Campbell as the dad in the, in this, the extinction agenda movie? Absolutely. It's a good call, right? Yeah. I think that's, that's, that's absolutely the right call. <laughs> it's got the chin. It's got the stubble. Totally. Shipwreck sailor hat. Hmm. So he, why doesn't Bruce Campbell should be playing Shipwreck in the next G.I. Joe movie? Oh, my God. It's an old Shipwreck, but I'd be it would, it would be an old Shipwreck, that's true, <laughs> but be worth it. Uh, and this is where maybe Cannonball's expression has got the, oh, gosh, everything's worked out. Boom, boom, did always kind of resent that she didn't get more media coverage. And she does like to be center of attention. Did I mention I kissed her? I kissed her once. <laughs> But not like that, Sam. Nobody, not like that. It the fa- faces are so weird, and this is where we flip stretchy, weird, and long. Flip our art style to like late GI Joe, like eco warriors type artwork. If you remember those, Which issues. I'm fine with. This is good, except for the pose that Jean's doing, where she's th- rough, <laughs> like her breasts are so far forward. She's like that thrusting. She has to pull her shoulders back behind her. Yeah, and uh, it's. It's very uncomfortable. I'm doing it now. It, it's not comfortable. <laughs> so Val Cooper is like, um, we're we're not going to stop you from retaliating, but we can't unofficially. Really help. We can't. You know, we'll do what we can to help you, but that's unofficially. And if you die, we can claim that we never had anything to do with it. And by the way, here's a book of Genosian secrets. Yeah. Bye. Although it took two pages to do all that. And the the crux of the thing is that the X Men stole Jenny Ransom, right? And they're, they're claiming that as their property, and Jen- that's what they want. That's what how they have credence to get away with this from a diplomatic point of view, right? Jenny R- Ransom is a number, an object, and therefore property, and it's she's now stolen property. So, 
But why go after kids in retaliation? They consider you all X-Men, but why publicly? Why create an international institute? incident? That's what we can't figure out. There's an element missing, something we don't yet understand. Val Cooper does say, you guys can do whatever you need to do, but we can't lose Forge. He is too valuable to us. And Forge is like, I'm a private citizen. Bye. Yeah, I'm doing what I want. So you better make sure that we're uh, fully loaded. Which uh, is a weird, like, I like that she brought up, like, Forge used to work for the government. But it just seems, it seems weird. With the information they've received, they have everything they need. I'm afraid it isn't going to be anywhere near enough. So they head back. feel like Mystique. So maybe they are not sure yet. Yeah, that could very Or maybe well be. Mystique is like really deeply embedded in the role. Either way. So they, they head back to ship and they pick up the rest of the X-Men. Uh, Scott gives his son, uh, Cable, a hug. Baby. Yeah. Why is Cable not here? Ooh, that'd, <laughs> that'd be... Time continuum explosion. Yeah, they can't touch each other. Otherwise, the universe <laughs> will implode. Um. Anyways, yeah. Give so, son to Opal to watch. Opal, by the way, for those of you that don't remember, is Iceman's girlfriend. It seems like it's a very forward step. Like, hey, we're leaving. Uh, I guess that come, comes with the territory when you're dating a member of X Factor. But hey, uh, girlfriend that I kind of just met, take this baby. <laughs> As they uh, embrace and kiss, she says to herself, oh, Bobby, I need you now more than ever. I'm so confused. Please be careful. Like, yeah, oh. it just sounds like a stupid <laughs> drama Bob balloon. It's like a word balloon from a 1960s romance comic. Just yeah. inserted into this. It's not good. Like, I'd be confused, too, if I was having to watch a mutant baby. Because, like, you don't know. Are people going to come after her? Right. Like, is she going to have to worry about ex-villains? You guys don't seem very popular, and I don't have any powers. Or are they just, I guess they're they're staying on ship, so she has to live on ship for the next couple of days? Well, she's not a mutant, so can she go into ship, or does she have to, like, live on the balcony? Ship, you know, chooses. Okay. <laughs> he, he didn't used to choose. Did he? Was he not able to choose before? Well, now he can choose. What? Beast made some updates and is like, okay. hey, uh, you can choose now. But uh, only if we're letting somebody watch the baby. Because after they got shipped from X Factor, um, they're like, oh, the humans can't come in. And the humans would keep trying to walk in and then they just bounce off like the force field. I just thought ship was controlling that, but maybe not. Either way. It's whatever the uh, the writer wants. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, much like the uh, the. X-Men being able to be vis- seen on camera screens, the sh- the rules of ship are changing as needed. Ever-changing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so they, they, they head out. Um, they're going to go to the island of Genosha. Um, on Genosha, uh, Cameron Hodge is given Gene Genier what for. And I can't tell on this bottom panel, like, what is happening with his lips and drool? Like, <laughs> it looks like he has two lower lips. <gasps> yeah, it's a weird drawing. Is that his tongue? I think it's a, his tongue in the middle. I think it's a miscolored tongue. Okay, because there's teeth above it. I'm like, does he have a? Could they not decide where to do the lower lip? He's either that, or he's got like a super fat lip. Like maybe he got roughed up a little bit, and uh, I could buy that. But it's like we, it's we see uh, the tentacle slaps him in the face. It's awkwardly bulbous, which would just make <laughs> that like a weird fat lip, but. Um, 
Cameron Hodge has busy screens on X Factor, so he knows they're coming. Shaw Industries has provided them with the means to track X Factor. Satellites. Dirty Shaw. But he's a mutant, and uh, we'll have to kill him later, too. Yeah. Too bad. Anyway. So he chokes Gene Jr. He says, to help me ensure that it is the mutant invaders who are destroyed and Genosha who wins. Hmm. I'm really bad. <laughs> it, it, I'm just going to be, I'm going to get even worse and worse and worse. And you're still going to work with me because you have to. And I don't know why, but eventually, hopefully we'll find out why. I guess he gets mad because Gene Engineer's like, they're coming to destroy Genosha. And Cameron Hodge is like, what? Don't talk to me like that. Only if you allow them, you take the press gang, you kill them. So this is neat. I kind of, I kind of dig this. Like they show up on the beach, uh, this is totally G.I. Joe. I know, right? And, uh, you know, they, they got their vehicles, they land on the beach, and they grab all their gear, and they're going to set up like a like a base, you know, miles away from the city and, and start planning out their attack. And on the one hand, it seems like maybe they're trying to pad out pages, but on the other hand, it's like, you don't really see the X-Men doing this very often. You usually see them, like, fly in, land, do an attack, and then the issue is over. But here they're like... You know, we got 40 miles from this beach to the Citadel, in which case you're kind of like, why didn't they just land closer? But it's a long walk with all that gear. I have to say, I love this shot of everybody standing and posing. <laughs> yeah. He's got a big thing on his shoulders. Roberto's got a big thing on his shoulders. Cyclops is pointing. Gene is just straight out posing. Or <laughs> just got a gambit staff for some reason. Cable's got his guns. Gambit's off in the distance. I'd like to point out that everybody's got a backpack or is flying or doing something more or less useful, except for Gambit. I don't yeah, he's, think he's got he's a backpack. He's presenting this whole thing. He's just like, I am just here for a storm. Uh, it, I'm it, not here to lug boxes. Yeah. So one of the mutates uh, sees them. Uh, mutants mutate 7875 maybe. He re- yeah, he reports I think so. It's in. either him or 91242. Sure. He says, they are coming, Master. And then we get a familiar cylindric- cylindrical power signature hit Cyclops. Disable their leader first. Shracked. And, and that's when those havoc. transforming uh, unicycles show up. Come into play there, like zooming down this hill. Mm-hmm. Ambush, let's bust a few of those cases pronto. I wish and then there's a big blasting and shooting and I wish Beast dodging would, and, instead of saying ambush would have said it's a trap. <laughs> but he doesn't. Yeah, there's a lot of shooting and, and fighting and, and eventually Cyclops gets up and he's like, Man, that guy hit me with all of his power and just my clothes are ruined. That's weird. Let me shoot him so hard that he would be evaporated. Oh weird. <laughs> that didn't do anything either really out of character for me to try to murder somebody. But I did it here for some reason. Uh, and that's starting full strength. He should be no more than a shadow on earth. And yet only thing damages his clothing. Uh, Wipeout is here. So I was wrong. They do throw him into situations. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Cause even Gene and, is uh, like, Oh, I have Madeline's memories and that's Wipeout. Let me take him out. So he doesn't take our powers, which is the smart thing to do. Yeah. So Scott recognizes Alex as Alex. He yells out his name, but but then is immediately overcome by the battle uh, and confusion ensues. It's more fighting. Dig it, Gene jokes. We're going to punch your lights out real now. 
What is it with these jerks? Hubert's plain and simple. Pride. Oh, yeah. Punch, punch. Douche, douche. <laughs> this guy's name is Hawkshaw. Uh, so now Scott and Havoc are are shooting each other and it's just not doing anything. So then uh, then they just start punching each other. And we get this really weird page of Cyclops being like, you're my brother. Don't you remember this? And he grabs him by his ears and just like starts smashing his head in the ground. Don't you remember this? I used to do this to you all the time. <laughs> and you see it multiple times being pulled up by his ears and then his head smashed against the ground. And Havoc himself is even like, why does this seem so familiar? Why do I think we fought like this before? Like this oh, is brothers. really excessive here. <laughs> just grabbing somebody by their ears and smashing them against the ground. I just realized on the, pr- the previous page, the drawing of them kind of fighting is almost straight from the cover. Hmm. It's it is practically identical in as far as pose goes. Maybe one of them was unused art, and they're like, "Eh, we need a cover." Just so John Bagdanov really liked this drawing and was like, "I'm going to reuse this for the cover." Maybe. So, Alex is like, "Nope, it's impossible," and he uses his powers to knock uh, Cyclops away. You won't trick me like this, Pipeline. Get us out of here! And suppose, I guess, Pipeline. Beams everybody away. Meanwhile, uh, Rain has been recaptured. She's she's in her cage, and she's all sad about everything. I thought Warlock would be here with me, and together we'd await a rescue. Not sure why she thought that. That seems like the last thing that would happen. Warlock, how can I have failed you? How can you? How can I let you die? Boom Boom now has like a ribbon in her hair. She uh, ripped it as a piece off of a piece of her skin suit. Okay. I have to assume. Sure. So she's climbing through vents and stuff. Uh, Richter, he slides into the sewer. It's like, they won't follow me down here. She's climbing up vertical shafts. That's really tough to do. Uh, I've never tried, but, but I'll take your word for it. I mean, can you, I don't, I have no upper body strength, so <laughs> I have to imagine that it's nigh impossible for me. Yeah. She's like 14 and weighs like 78 pounds. <laughs> she hustles way up there. I guess X Factor will probably accept a collect phone call. Right. She's got no money. She's worried that the embassy, that nobody knows where the U.S. embassy is in Genosha. They're just assuming that they can make their way to it. Yeah. Uh, Storm finds some laundry and she's like, oh, man, I can get out of here, but uh, I probably shouldn't. Maybe I won't. Cannot escape. I must do something more to ensure safety to provide us with an ace in the hole. And I know just who our hostage should be. She says, looking at the laundry. One of these mutates that nobody cares about. <laughs> the, the, is it called Gino Sheen? I think it's called Gino Sheen is the laundry service. Gino Sheen custom laundry yeah. service. Yeah. That's clever. I thought it was a C, but yeah, you're right. It's G, Gino Sheen. Because it could be Clean Sheen. That, that, that would also be clever. Gino Sheen. Yeah. No, it's, it's all very clever. Yeah, it's very it's very on the nose. So Good the bad... The, <laughs> nice, nice job with obvious puns. <laughs> so the mutants reconvene with Cyclops and like, what's wrong? And Cyclops is like, it's Alex. I'm so mad. It's all wrong. Alex, my brother is a magistrate fighting with the Genosians. He doesn't remember who he is. We get a father. Cable says, Uncle Alex? (laughs) We get a father-son moment here where Cable says, I know we'd planned to circle around secretly. And he points off to the left. 
And Cyclops ignores him and says, I agree, Cable, and points off to the right and says, <laughs> they know we're coming, so there's nothing stopping us from moving in on them fast and ugly. And you're left wondering, like, who's going in which direction? <laughs> like, I, I guess, guess this is splitting up. This is supposed to be a moment where they're like, you're right. Like, we got it. This is bigger than we thought it was. We got to go get them. But they're pointing Whatever off their purpose, his presence means that this is a more than straightforward internal international conflict. It means that someone has it out for us personally. I thought they knew that already. Doesn't isn't that exactly what Val Kilmer said? Val Kilmer? Yeah, Val Cooper. <laughs> I don't know. Val Kilmer could play Val Cooper. It oh would be God. perfect. Yeah. No, I don't I don't know if that's true. So uh, Cameron Hodge says, Mutant Fools. How can you plan when you don't even know who your enemies are? Each has a private agenda, his own secret schemes. The president, with her fanatics, uh, desire to extend Genosha power and prestige. The self-deceiving gene engineer who creates a service race of slaves and yet would destroy his own son to preserve the illusion of peace. So that, that line right there is what made me assume that the person he was sitting with in the last issue was his son. But I think we've already known that yeah i'm just i'm just saying just connecting those dots all right and i who was once your friend and am now your oldest and most obsessive enemy never mind magneto or apocalypse or anybody else (laughs) me i will destroy you as you have destroyed me and with genosha's specifically his most oldest and obsessive enemy fair enough i will obliterate you mutants from the earth so plan all you want cyclops Fool! I engineered Havoc's defeat and ensured that he will be shamed. Now he has something to prove. This is a great drawing of Cameron Hodge, by the way. He looks like a mad ball. It's. <laughs> uh, I like the majority of Cameron Hodge drawings in this issue of X Factor, which, by the way, is over. Next issue, Wolverine, Psylocke, and Jubilee join the war in X-Men 271. The first attack on the Citadel and New Mutants number 696 as uh who is that hodge as hodge has his revenge on rain and in x factor 61 the betrayal hodge victorious find out in 30 so i think um i think this is the culmination of the mutant wars i mean they've you know much almost as much as said it as we've gone through some of that additional material but uh, i think you know chris claremont had probably a much more clever sort of mutant war and, and factions and whatnot. Uh, and this is what they settled on the powers that be of all these different agendas from all these different people and complex this plots. Doesn't, this doesn't involve the shadow King, which makes me question the whole thing is they specifically made the shadow King to be a major part of whatever was the, the mutant wars is going to be. Cause they were talking about, factions and one of them was like apocalypse and one of them was the shadow king and then you have each of the different mutant teams are a different faction and they're all going to be at war with each other so this feels like don't get me wrong this was not the original plan i feel like this is what they're like oh let's do this (laughs) because this is a uh just very disappointing uh kind of I, I like I like Exchange Agenda for what it is. I like it a lot, actually. But I guess if if it if you're thinking of it as what happened because they couldn't do Mutant Wars, it's kind of disappointing. Yeah, yeah. And I think we'll we'll follow up we'll follow up on the Shadow King story for sure. And it just probably won't be the thing that Chris Claremont originally uh, 
uh, framed out. Um, I, I'm going to be uh, honest. Like I, I am wavering on my fandomness of extinction agenda. <laughs> it's tough when you're reading it, but when you're like just <laughs> thinking about it, it's, it's still pretty cool. I mean, the fact that they're going all in on the GI Joe really, I really like, <laughs> I, it's like somebody has been reading GI Joe and is like, this is really popular. We should do some sort of kind of thing like this. Is, is GI Joe popular at this time? I think it's reaching the end of its popularity. Okay. Um, is quick kick going to kill everybody or, or get killed rather? That hasn't happened. Yet. Okay. Okay. Uh, we're, we just passed issue 100, which you could argue is like one of the, the peaks of their popularity. Okay. Um, definitely the seventies is probably their, like the issue 70 through 80 is probably when they were super, probably at the height of their popularity or maybe even earlier. But I would, I would say they're probably still super popular, but they're on they're very quickly on the way out. Yeah, I, I, I could buy that. All the, all the vehicles and all the, um, the toy line, I action. have no idea if it's popular. I'm just talking about the comic book. No, no, I, no, that's what I'm talking about. Like, well, that's what the vehicles that are, that the magistrates are driving around in just de- yeah. definitely feel, uh, GI Joe influenced the, the pacing, the stories, it all feels very, uh, GI Joe. I, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. It's all invasion of Cobra Island type stuff. I think the thing that I remember from when I originally read my, uh, hardback was, I think I liked the idea of kind of this dy- dystopia, like, um, fascist state, uh, and sort of the the hells that they're putting these mutants through, and and I think as I had read it, sort of cover to cover in a weekend, um, I I could sort of put aside the the new mutants and the X Factor stuff and just kind of remember yeah. the highlights of like a oh, warlock was a casualty of that. Yeah, I think the X Men stuff is where it really shines, which is why we're covering those as single issues and these as kind of double ups. All right, yeah. So you had said oh. that you were going to uh, conclude something at the end of this. Yeah, I had a much more well-formed thought when I said that. But uh, I, I'm going to, to just say that I think that uh, Genosha is in over their head. And because they're in over their head, they're just not thinking and making decisions um, that are bad. So you think that's because they're involved with Cameron Hodge or that the Cameron Hodges are them being involved with the Cameron Hodge is a result of their being in over their heads? A little bit of both, right? Like okay. they really like they've never had to deal with uh, an escaped mutate before. Now, Jenny Ransom's been kind of making a fool of them for a while. They, they've been talking up like a big game. I just imagine like all the men smoking their cigars, like we should get those X men, man. We could, could be so easy. All we'd have to do is like pipeline in and, and then wipe out. We should do that. Give me some more scotch. Yeah, we're totally going to do this. And then they did it and they're like, Oh man, all we got were these kids and, and we just <laughs> killed one of these alien things. Oh man, and this what's how, how did this spider guy get here? What is happening? I like how the the alien the the Genosian people are all stoners now. <laughs> <laughs> we should do this. Like we should go on a road trip on motorcycles across the country. And then they cool. do it and they're like, "This sucks. <laughs> I'm cold. 
I don't need what did money. we actually achieve from this? <laughs> I need to get back to work. <laughs> oh, my wife's going to be pissed. <laughs> so, anyways, that I had a more articulate thought uh, when I made that comment about how they're in over their heads and they, they, they don't know what they're doing next. So any sort of recommendations they get from Hodge, like, all right, I guess that could work. I like it. I like it. <laughs> So, I think it makes sense. And that's why things don't make sense. And you're like, why Why are they showing up in a room where pipe or, or Wipeout isn't? And why are these mutants allowed to fight for five pages before being put in the skin suits? So they just don't know what they're doing and we're watching kind of everything fall apart. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. I like it, could, it. it could go one way or the other. Like it, it could all fall apart and just like collapse. Or they could learn fast from all of their mistakes and, and become like a superpower. It adds an extra element to the story that I hadn't really detected before. So yeah. I think I think that'll be fun to keep track of. Yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. <laughs> All right, Adam. All right. Anything else? No. Uh, tune in next week-ish for uh, Uncanny X-Men 271. Yeah, totally. You should do that. <laughs> We're going to do it. No, this is the last episode. <laughs> We're going to end on a cliffhanger. Adam, did you ever see Sledgehammer? The TV show? Yeah. Yeah, when I was a kid. I've asked you this before. It's going to be the same conversation. The final season ends on a cliffhanger, and then they didn't renew the series. Oh, that happens. I mean, have you seen uh, the Sarah Connor Chronicles, the Terminator show? No. Same deal. Still, in my opinion, worth watching. Uh, The best thing to happen post-Terminator 2 in the Terminator franchise was the Sarah Connor Chronicles. It was a good show, I would argue, all the way through, but they canceled it, and it ends on a cliffhanger, so know that going in. It had the girl from Serenity. It did, yeah. and she's great in it. Yeah. All right. It had uh, the boy from Heroes. I think he's been in other stuff, too. Well, look- and uh, the Cersei is the, from Game of Thrones is Sarah Connor. Yes. So lots of people. Totally whole bunch of people are on that show it's a great show it's a really good show i wish i owned it on blu-ray or some sort of format so i could rewatch it well there you go everybody go watch sarah connor chronicles and <laughs> that's our lesson for this week <laughs> after you do that go to www.xmenpodcast.com for a facebook oh my gosh facebook.com forward slash danger room podcast twitter us at danger room go or go out to send us some email danger room at xmenpodcast.com go out to itunes Patreon.com forward slash Danger Room uh, to get all of all of our our stuff that we do. And let us know how we're doing with our coverage of Extinction Agenda. Our theme music is provided by Laszlo Hollyfeld. And there are no backup issues. Nope. We're we're doing backup issue free through all of Extinction Agenda. So and then we're gonna do backup episodes up the wazoo. Oh my god. <laughs> Can't wait to see how that goes. So until next time. My name's Jeremy. My name's Adam. And the danger room is closed. (laughs) 